Gate Church family. Good morning. You guys awake this morning? Did yeah. the tornadoes That's keep you up last night? Yeah, tornadoes keep you up Woo. all night. Real Oklahomans are like, we're going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, or real Oklahomans go to Brahms and get ice cream and sit down and watch the news. Anybody else? Just me? Okay, a few of us. Good. Yeah, we were explaining to some family out of state last night via text that in Oklahoma, if we have storms, all the regular programming on ABC, NBC, and CBS gets overridden by the main entertainment that night is watching the news and watching watching the weather channel. That's right. And, and I think some people in here have some loyalty. We got in a fight in our Oklahoma family group last night about what news channel is the best. Mm. And you get your loyalty. It's almost like a sports team. It's, it's true. Like, which team do it's I true. like, right? And so... We take it seriously. Guy. That's right. Yeah, my family's a News 9 guy. I think they, there, there may be some uh, KFOR oh, guys and girls. We have some rivals in here. Yeah. So it is like competitive on which news channel you like. I'm not from Oklahoma originally, and I learned this years ago. You get your loyalty developed off of one of the news stations. That's, and that's true. that's your channel. Yes. And you believe that they're the best weathermen in the state. Now, Hands all down. of you online that are joining us today from not from Oklahoma, you just got to give us this moment. Yes. This is a Bear thing with here. us. This is a thing. <laughs> Uh, people out of state probably don't quite understand how serious we take our weather season and uh, how much That's entertainment right. we find probably in some of it. It's on, true. On at least watching and being engaged in it. I mean, Absolutely. We know tornadoes and storm seasons are horrible and cause a lot of harm and none of us want that to happen. Definitely it's not. It's just that you, you, you do get into the in the entertain not the entertainment but the learning about weather it's true it's kind of intense it. It there's is. an intensity about it you just so get we, into it we jetted over to brahms last night got a couple course of ice cream we did got home and sat on the couch so um a couple things i want to talk about this morning that uh before we get jumped into the message is we are starting something here at the gate church next week that is super important to uh people in our church um so they can't see your face can't see my face hold on i'm getting told they can't see my face i am short okay vertically challenged. And I'm glad Pastor Jerry didn't call me out a couple weeks ago on the Zacchaeus thing because I have been called out on that before. It's okay. I can handle it. Yes. <laughs> Our names. Are we need Cole to tell them who Eva. we are. They can't assume who that's we are. Right, that's right. So Cole and Eva Phillips were uh, part of the pastoral team here serving with Pastor Kathy uh, and the rest of the leadership here at the Gate Church. Yeah. Give it up for Pastor Kathy in the house this morning. Um, so we have something really important starting next week here at the Gate Church for all of you that uh, maybe are, are newer to the church in the last year or so. Maybe uh, you've been here a while, but you just want to get deep, deeply connected here. Uh, we're launching something called Connect Track. Now, Connect Track is very important because it's going to help you find your place here. We understand we've got a large campus, a large congregation, a lot of people and a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. uh, the reality is, is that our job as leadership here at the gate is to make a big church, a big campus, have a small family feel to it. So you find personal connection with people in this church, people in this body, because we believe you can't do life alone. You can't mm -hmm. follow Jesus alone. You can't, you can't become a disciple of his alone. It all requires each other. Mm -hmm. And so we love to create connections with one another here. And so this launches next week. It will be a monthly thing, but you only have to sign up for one month. One, the one, once you're through the Connect Track, you're through it, you get plugged in, you get to serving, uh, you find family here, and then you are gonna help us get more people involved. Mm -hmm. Because then you're gonna have an assignment to pull more people to the table to connect. So that starts 
starts next week. If you have not been through something like that, a couple years ago, we had something called Hub Track. But if you've not been through our Hub or Connect Track here at the Gate Church, I really encourage you to sign up for the May sessions. We will then start again in June with another round. Now, May is getting close to being full, so you need to sign up today. It's yes. next Sunday morning, 9-15. I'll be in touch with you this week about it. We will have continental breakfast served. We'll have childcare for your kids. Uh, and it's only for three weeks, and then we get you plugged into serving. You can sign up very easily today by going to the information center straight out the center doors. Uh, right after service, you can also use that worship guide on the Gate Church's website or that QR code that had flashed up earlier, uh, and you can sign up there. But we need you to get signed up and signed up now. Yeah. You can do that. Can we do that? Great. All Great. right. Awesome. Awesome. We're excited about what God's doing at the Gate Church. As we mentioned, our names are Cole and Eva. And a little bit about us, for those of you who don't know, we have been a part of the Gate Church, me since 2008, Cole since 2006. Sure. He actually came along with Bishop, uh, our senior leader, him and his wife, Pastor Kathy, he went to be with the Lord. Um, but he came along on the journey in 2006 when they uh, came to the Gate Church. And um, I came on in 2008, and funny thing is, is we actually grew up like three and a half hours away from each other, but God had to move us 16 hours to meet each other, and so he was on staff. I came through to the internship program, and so um, my pastors told me that there were some uh, pastors named Pastor Kathy Miller and Bishop Tony Miller, and they had an internship program, and they thought it would be great for me to go and get trained in ministry and then go back to my hometown in Georgia and implement what I learned. But God had other plans. And so um, funny story is actually we're coming up on 14 years ago that we met, and I remember flying out. So it was custom during that time that whenever you, if you wanted to be a part of the internship program, if you were out of state, it was always ideal if you could fly out and actually do an interview, make sure it's a good fit. And so I remember coming out for this interview and coincidentally there was this big kind of event happening, this hangout happening. And so a friend of mine, uh, her name was Jerry. We actually flew here from Georgia. We knew nobody, but we came along. And there was this event, and I remember afterwards we were all eating dinner at this large Pastor table. Kathy took us out, yeah. Yep, Pastor Kathy. Applebee's. Yep, that's right. We went to Applebee's. <laughs> we went to Applebee's, and I was sitting next to my friend. And have you ever like felt someone is staring at you, but it's like you don't want to like make eye contact because then that'll just make it weird. So you just pretend that you don't realize that they're staring at you. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm just minding my own business eating, and I just kept feeling this guy was staring at me. And it was like going on and on. And I'm like, I've leaned over to my friend. I'm like, this guy keeps staring at me and it's weirding me out. And she's like, well, just don't pay any attention. So I'm eating. And finally, I just kind of like decided, you know, I'm just going to look his direction. And so I look and then I realized his eyes were going right above my head to the game that was playing on the TV behind <laughs> my head. Yeah. So while I thought I was special, I was not. Yeah. It was actually it was, the it game. Was, it was a Thunder game, guys. Yeah. So let's just talk. Come let's on. Let's be real. That's right. And it That's, was the playoffs. It yeah. was May. And so. we had Kevin Durant, I think. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. So those are some good days, some good times. And guys, that's a good trick. If you're in restaurants, if you get that tape, that TV lined up right behind your wife's head, mm. you sit there and just look right now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. yeah, yeah. Not marriage counseling right now. Yeah, no. I, the guys are in here already know that they do it anyway. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah. so that's, you know, it kind of started from there, and then the rest was history. Yeah. And so I'll never forget it. I'm going to put Pastor Kathy on the spot for a minute. I remember there was about 25 of us eating, 
and the server came around and we were finishing up and I had like my little like chump change in my purse like making sure like I was like got the cheapest thing on the menu because I barely had enough to cover you know my food and so and I remember the server came around and she said um okay how are we dividing this up and Pastor Kathy went like this mm -hmm. one one ticket yeah. and I about fell out of my seat because I never in my life had seen somebody pay for that many people to eat all at once. Does Pastor Kathy have a money tree? No, but Pastor Kathy is a very, very generous woman. And so that was, I remember, yeah. Yeah, that's, that deserves an applause. And nothing has changed. And that was my first real encounter with Pastor Kathy was her paying for a table of 25 people just out of the generosity of her heart. And she's always been that way. And so, Pastor Kathy, we love you. Thank you for this opportunity to share. We don't take it lightly that you trusted us to have a place in this, in this platform today. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. we believe when Cole and I were praying about uh, what it was that we were to share today, um, you know, we believe that God's given us a word for this house and for this time. And so, you know, we're not here to take up a time slot, but we're really here because we feel like God has something strategic mm -hmm. for all of us today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, we've been in this table series and it's interesting uh, that my wife told that story. We didn't even talk about that part, but how so many of our relationships and discipleship began around the table uh, really. And that's what we've been talking about here at the gate is we've had weeks and weeks of talking about table stories because the real heart of Jesus is to get us to his table because it's there where life change happens. Um, you know, Pastor Lonnie was here a few weeks ago. You guys remember that? Pastor Lonnie, he was awesome. Uh, really talked about how the table, sitting at a table, uh, can cover the shortcomings, the, the injuries, the wounds of our life. Because at a table, when we sit there, it's only the top that's shown and we can hide. All of our other things are covered by grace. And, and then Pastor Kathy talked uh, early on in the series about the three different tables that we come to. We come to the table of what everyone else thinks about us. We go to the table of what we think about ourselves. The problem with those two tables is there's those are never enough yes. because there's just one table Jesus is trying to get to and that's his table where what he thinks about us, what he sees in us, what he believes for us can happen. It's one of grace, it's one of, of, of overcoming, it's one of victory. Pastor Jay, really, he started talking about, he talked about Zacchaeus. No jokes about me. Thank God that happened that day. Um, Zacchaeus, but also Judas and how each one of us can have a Judas or Zacchaeus in us. And that transformation can really uh, happen at the table. Um, and then Pastor Jordan last week, he decided to teach the entire Old Testament in like 15 minutes, which I've taken Old Testament throughout Bible college a couple times because I wasn't the best student. And, <laughs> uh, and I just to sit here to hear the entire Old Testament laid out in 15 minutes was mind blowing. But it was such a great week last week because we saw so many people come to Jesus. Yeah. So many people give their heart to yes. him. He transformed lives last yeah. week. Amen. And the reality is, is it's Jesus that brings wholeness. It's yeah. Jesus that brings help. Yeah. And we just believe that so many people are experiencing him in a, such a new way, yeah. such a fresh, fresh way. Jesus gives us the power to overcome and while he uses people, he uses people on the platform, he uses you and your relationships with your friends, neighbors, coworkers. The reality is, is pointing people back to Jesus is the answer. None of us have the power in us to change lives. But each one of us, hold on, let me, let me fix this. Come out a little further. You guys give it up for Luther here. Walk down to the front to talk to me. This amazing audio that you hear every week is because he helps us out with that. So uh, Luther is amazing. He, uh, he's a rock star on the soundboard. You guys give it up again for yeah. Luther. Make him feel awkward as he walks to the back. <laughs> but the relationships formed at, ta at tables should always still point people back to Jesus. 
The table in itself is not magical. But what happens at a table, what happens in those relationships, and the table is representative of relationships, connections. What happens in those relationships is what brings transformation and, and, and life to so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the church. Amen? Amen. You know, God, guys, God loves his church. Yes. And here's the thing. The church is full of imperfection. Yes. The church is full of flaws. The church will always, as long as Cole Phillips is alive, have a flaw in it. Because I'm a flawed man. And I think all of us in this room would say the same thing. But the reality is, is Jesus loves his church. He calls the church his bride. And I know some people in this room today may have experienced, uh, and even online, some experience, may have experienced some hurt, some pain that's caused by people that are in the church. And that's very real. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up, I grew up in the church. And I can stack stories as high as this room on things that were done wrong, that pain that came from people within the church. And I have every reason to, to hate it, to be against it, to scream about it. But the reality is, is that God loves it because he loves the flawed people in it. And I know there's people in this room today, and if you'll stick with us through this message, people online, if you'll stick with us through this message, our trust and our hope today is that we find, help you find healing in Jesus's church yeah. because it's the most essential thing in your life is to be connected inside of community. The reality is, is that Jesus designed this. Mm-hmm. It's not our idea. That's right. It's his idea. That's right. The truth is, is that the flawed body of Christ is one that can bring so much health and life to you. Mm-hmm. There's wounds that we all carry. And like I said, I, you're, you're talking to somebody up here that's felt the hurt, that's felt the pain that's been brought to me by people in church. But the reality is, is that as Jesus heals that, he allows you to be a part of it and you to be the change that right. needs to happen to help other people pull back to Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit today about that. Yeah. So if you're taking notes, the title of this message is When Jesus Overturns Your Table. When Jesus overturns your table. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that Cole and I have to share with these beautiful people that you love so much. And Jesus, we just ask that you would just bring life to our words, God. We know that we're just people. We're just vessels. But Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would reach deeper than we can ever reach, that you would go further than we can ever go. Lord, we just thank you for saturating this place in your presence, God. We just thank you that each and every one of us, not one person in this place won't leave without being changed and transformed by the power of your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen Amen and amen. And real quick, thanks for letting us preach together. You know, it's funny because we've never planned on this being a thing but it just seems like you know when we get invited out places they ask for us to do it together and so it's really fun it's actually kind of challenging because Mm -hmm. we both have to make sure that we're in sync but it's really fun and so thank you for receiving the both of us as you can see we're both totally I've got paper (laughs) I learned that from Pastor Kathy because you know what (laughs) paper won't fail you if the tablet dies you still have your paper she's got the leather bible that's right got the leather (laughs) bible also a gift from Pastor Kathy and Bishop. I've got my Bible right here. That's right. Very different. (laughs) Very different. Very different. But thank you for receiving, uh, 
from us today. But, you know, in this room, there's many different people from many different walks of life. We have married couples. We have uh, those who aren't married. We have grandparents. We have teenagers. We have employees. We have people who are retired. We have business owners. There's many different people in this place that's represented from many different scopes of life. And I love that because it's such a beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that we're all different, but we all have a unique assignment in his body. Your assignment does not look like mine, and my assignment doesn't look like yours, but we both need each other in order to see the fulfillment and the function of what God wants to do. And whether we feel like it or not, if you're sitting here in this place today, God has a purpose for you. God has a unique purpose for you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how qualified or unqualified you think you are. If you're sitting in this place today, it's because the Holy Spirit brought you here. And there's something on the inside of you that somebody else needs. There's something, I want to say that again, there's something on the inside of you that somebody else needs. And so if you're here today, if you're breathing, then God's not done with you. There is purpose on the inside of you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to awaken that today. Amen. Amen. And so we come here, the worship is fantastic. The word is always great. And I love it. But you know, have you ever thought like, what's the point? What, why do we get up early? Why do we, for those of us who have kids, we have two children, uh, they're in the nursery, they're awesome kids, but you know, why do we get up early and, and get our kids ready? And I don't know about you, but sometimes Sundays can be pandemonium in my house, okay? Maybe it's smooth sailing for you, but sometimes it takes everything we got to get here and to get here on time with everybody fed, with our hair combed and with a smile, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just being real, you know? And so have you ever asked, like, why do we do this every week? Why do, we, why do we take time? Why do we go through what we grow, go through to get here every week? And I believe that God's intention for our life isn't just so that we can make sure that we have our, our lot, our spot in heaven, so that we can just keep showing up and keep doing good deeds and making sure we check off the box. Because if we're living that way, then we're living beneath our privilege as children of God. Because there's so much more than just showing up and doing a religious duty. And I believe that God wants to awaken us as his children to the privilege that we have to be able to come into his house each and every day. And so there is, you know, an expression that I believe the Lord wants to have in the Big C Church, and that's you and that's me. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Psalm 92:13. Psalms 92, 13. Thirteen. If you have your Bibles or your, your tablets, your phone. I use my phone too. I know I've got my Bible up here, but I, I, I love technology. Psalms 92, 13. It says, those who are planted in the house. Everyone say house. House. Those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts. Everybody say courts. Courts. Of our God. So those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. And so there's three specific words that I want to draw our attention to. And I love when I sit down with the word is I love to go in and figure out. I mean, this word is written. It's, it's relevant for our everyday life, but this word was written thousands of years ago. And so what I love to do is how many of you know lingo can change? Okay, there are words that did not exist when I was in high school, like on fleek. Does anybody know what that means? On point. Or let me beat your face. 
See, when we said, let me beat your face, it was like, are you trying to fight me? But now it's like, let me do your makeup, okay? I, if somebody said that to me in high school, I'd be like, whoa, what you, what you mean, let me beat your face? But now it's like, oh, no, that means let me do your makeup. So how many of us know that terminology and words can change? Now, of course, I'm using what's modern for our younger, yeah, gosh, I don't younger. even know if that's still a thing. That was like five, yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's ago. so old now. Now yeah. there's like... I think like, we're out of touch now. I think we might be out of touch. <laughs> yeah, so now there's like... What is it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not even going to get <laughs> off on that. But how many of you know that lingo can change? That things can change? And so what I love to do, and maybe you like to do this too, I like to go to the cliff notes in my Bible, or I like to look at the Greek and at the Hebrew to find out what is it that the writer was trying to say? What is it that the writer was trying to say? And so there's three specific words that I want to draw attention to in this text. And the first word is house. So those who are planted in the house of God. And so the Hebrew meaning for that word, it's spelled bayit, B-A-Y-I-T, but it's pronounced bayith. And it's those belonging to the same household, home, a house as containing family. Isn't that beautiful? And then the next word I want to draw attention to is the word flourish. Everybody say flourish. flourish. And it, it's, it's pronounced parak, and it means to cause, to bud, or sprout, to break out, to fly. I love that, to fly. And, you know, I think about flight. I mean, technology, clearly back then, airplanes weren't even in the mind of them. You know, I mean, they could have been. They just didn't have the whatever the technology to make it happen. But my point is, is that they have this revelation of taking flight of what happens when we begin to flourish in our life. And then this last word, courts, the Hebrew meaning of that word is haser, courts, and it means a settled abode, a settlement, a village, and a town. So what we can interpret this as, I love this, so I took all the meanings of this word and I put it together as kind of like a paraphrase of this psalm based on the Hebrew text, and it means this, when we belong to the family of God and take our place there is a great blossoming, growth, and breaking forth that takes place in our dwelling places. The kind of breaking forth that causes us to fly. I'm going to say, say that again. again. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. So we, when we interpret all of these uh, Hebrew words together and we compact it into a sentence, it says, when we belong to the family of God and take our place, there is a great blossoming, growth, and breaking forth that takes place in our dwelling places, the kind of breaking forth that causes us to fly. Isn't that powerful? Mm. That's, the, that's the desire that God has for us as the church. And so I believe that it's God's desire that we flourish and that we soar in the arena that he's called us to. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we look at, I mean, the, 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 the fact that our lives can fly when we're connected within his house, we have to say, what does the church need to look like? Like, what should I be experiencing within the family, within the house of the church? Because oftentimes our experience is not our reality. But what we believe for here at the Gate Church and, and what we believe for in the Big C Church is there's a few things that should be happening inside of this house, this family, this place of belonging. Yeah. And the first thing is it should be a place of healing. Yeah. Physically, yeah. mentally spiritually mm -hmm. or physically emotionally spiritually yeah. body soul spirit should be a place of healing 
St. Augustine, when he was talking about, uh, teaching about the story of the Good Samaritan that so many of us may have heard before, and the Good Samaritan was, if you haven't heard, just a little synopsis of that story, was there was a man laying in a ditch on the side of the road, and he was, he was wounded. And person after person passed by and ignored the wound. But a Samaritan man stopped, which in those days Samaritans and Jews could not interact with one another. Stopped and took him to a place, an inn, and in that end, paid for him to be brought back to health. And there was a picture there when St. Augustine was teaching this in, in the early church days of calling that inn a church. And what St. Augustine said is, let us be carried into the inn. Let us be carried into the church hmm. to be healed. The church should be a place of healing. Mm-hmm. Physically, we believe in physical healing. Mm-hmm. We believe that if you're sick that you're to bring the elders, that you're to bring the church people together and pray for healing. And we see healings happen. Mm -hmm. 100% believe that, and we experience that here. We see people's bodies restored to health. Mm -hmm. We see healing come. Spiritually, we should see healing. When we give our lives to Jesus, when we commit to his purposes for our lives, we should see spiritually us being reconciled back to God. And in our day now, thank God we're finally talking about this, but there's a mental and emotional healing and health mm-hmm. that should happen within the church. Yeah, that's right. And far often that healing is harder because it's easier concealed. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to conceal. Mm-hmm. It's easy to pretend it's okay and not there. Yeah. But the reality is, is that God wants to bring healing to you, to me, inside of this inn, inside of this house, inside yeah. of this family. So our churches should be a place of healing. Our churches should be a place that we find wholeness. Because when we come in this place, we find Jesus in this place. Yeah, that's right. It should be a place of safety. The Bible often refers to us as as sheep of his pasture. He's the good shepherd. We're his sheep. Sheep need a shepherd because there are wolves. That's right. The shepherd's job is to protect the sheep, to keep them away from the wolves. And that happens within a corral, a pen, a house. We keep them together, and then the shepherd makes circle around them, protecting them from the outside of elements. The the sheep that get out on their own are vulnerable because they don't have a shepherd, and they don't have other sheep to run with, and they're taken out really easily. What could the strategy of the enemy be when you get injured and hurt and wounded? Let me get you to run away. Run away. Get out there by yourself. You feel like it's a protection, but really it's a place of vulnerability Mm -hmm. to where you can be wounded, you can be hurt, you can be taken out completely by the enemy. So this place, the church, big C and here, Mm -hmm. is a place of safety. It's a place of protection. And then it's a place of family. A family who should be inclusive, no matter what. Bringing people in, including you, and making you feel part. Making you know you're loved, you're, you're, you're valued, you're cared for. You're included in this family. A family who builds together and loves together, grows together. A family who fights, a family who has each other's back. At all costs includes everyone that comes up to the table. Amen? Because this church is God's plan. That's right. It's not my plan. We couldn't have come up with this idea on our own. The church is yeah. God's plan. That's it's right. what Jesus is about redeeming. Mm-hmm. 
the bride of Christ. That's what we're called. Say the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. That's what we are. We're a family, a family of healing, a family of safety, and a family of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. You with me? Yeah. We're going to go to a scripture, and we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about it. And then we're going to have a time here in a few moments of prayer because we believe that God really is bringing healing to us today. You know, even I've been toiling over this message for a few days now, and, and it's really, uh, it's like she said at the beginning of the message, it's really challenging to, to, to do this together, especially uh, in a time that you feel like God's speaking, because, you know, we're trying to get on the same page with God. What are you really saying? And what I felt and what she felt was that God really did want to bring some healing to people in our church. Mm-hmm. Some of it, I believe, will be physical. Some of it, I believe, will be spiritual. And a lot of it, I believe, will be from wounds of emotions and mental uh, issues that we have been through, um, both inside the church and outside of the church. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 21, verse number 17. Or 12. No, 12. Matthew 21, 12. There you go. Right. I mean, we'll go through 17. There, there we go. 12 <laughs> through 17. That's right. Matthew 21, starting in verse 12. And so, you know, we just celebrated Easter last week. And leading up to Easter, we talked about Holy Week. And so, and the various things that happened with Jesus leading up to the cross. And so, you know, going into this passage, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we had celebrated Palm Sunday. And it's when Jesus came riding in on a donkey and the people were waving uh, palm branches saying Hosanna in the highest. And so Jesus had just finished up his triumphal entry when we come into this text right here. And it says, starting in verse 12, Jesus entered the temple courts. Everybody say courts. We talked about courts a little bit ago. And drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house, everyone say house. We're just talking about house. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, so the children were still going, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, Jesus replied. Have you ever read, have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you Lord have called forth your praise and he left and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night there's a lot that just happened here in that scripture I'm going to stand up real quick um whenever I uh whenever I read the scriptures I try to see what happened and 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 paint a picture in my mind so I'm going to try to do that with us today paint a picture here we have Jesus who had just come in through the triumphal entry. Uh, he, was, he was in a time of celebration. He was, he was being revered as the hero coming into town. Uh, he had, his, his, his reputation had went around the entire uh, area of Israel. Uh, people knew him because he was a healer. He was a teacher. Uh, people honored him. They knew he was a prophet. I mean, he was really the, the hottest thing that TikTok or Instagram in those days would have seen happening. I mean, he had the most followers, and he was the real deal. And he was coming in on a triumphal entry through the beginning of that week. 
And uh, Pastor Kathy, Bishop and Pastor Kathy took us to Israel years ago, and we got to go see the temple, and we got to go see uh, Jerusalem. And, and nowadays, if you go into uh, this area, that would have been the courts outside of the temple. You're actually underground. Uh, they built another city, or what is now the, the city of Israel, is, or Jerusalem, is built on top of what would have been the old city. So we're walking down through caves and tunnels, and, and you come to a place right outside the city gate that would have taken, or the, the temple gate that would have taken you into the temple, and there was what they called the courts. And that was where these guys set up all of these tables. And these tables had, had sacrifices for sale, they had trinkets, it had, it had all these things that you could buy. And Jesus coming in as the big time hero, the loved one, and he walks in and he starts turning tables over. Now, we hear that, and we get this righteous indignation, and we're like, yeah, he turned over tables. You know, he was righteously angry. And yes, that is true. But can you imagine what it was like to stand there in that moment as an onlooker? Chaos broke out. Pure chaos. Because this guy was, number one, powerful. You couldn't really mess with him. They weren't going to just throw him down on the ground and arrest him. Couldn't be done that way. But he's throwing across tables. Now, people that have these tables are getting ticked. They're mad. Their doves are flying off. There's feathers in the air. There's stuff going all over the place. They're mad because tables are getting overturned. And then there's a bunch of onlookers saying, what do we do here? You can imagine they're screaming. There's yelling. People are running away. I mean, it's almost like a terrorist attack. I mean, it's like, what is happening here right now? And Jesus is throwing stuff around. It was a chaotic scene. Yeah. It wasn't the normal. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, people started coming to him to get healed. It was like a flip, a switch, boom. People started coming yeah. to him to get healed. And here, here's the deal. Was Jesus being volatile in that moment? No. But he certainly was not being passive. He was intentional. Because sometimes he disrupts our systems we built hmm. to bring healing. That's right. To bring health. Jesus, Jesus was passionate. He was intense in that moment. But he was intense not out of anger or destruction, but he was intense out of love because he cared deeply. He was seeing something happen that wasn't the intention of what it was for. He was in his father's house. Yeah. He called people to dinner robbers. He ran them out. He wanted no room for the things that were robbing his people. He got rid of them. But it's interesting because that mess then created space for miracles to happen. Yep. Because the Bible says, then the lepers and the lame came to him from healing. You know, I think some people probably grabbed their stuff and ran out the back door offended. Yeah. The church people, right? Yeah. Tore up a table. Tore up their, my buddy's table sitting over there, and he makes money from that table, and you tore it up and ran out the door. Uh-huh. And I think some people probably got mad yeah. and left. But some people also got healed that day. That's right. Some people got made whole that day, were restored that day. See, sometimes the ministry that Jesus is bring, brings is messy. Yeah. But it's always done from a place of love. It's always done to bring wholeness. And if we look at this, and what I see happening the most here, is that when you put all this together, and the band can come, we're going to get ready to pray in just a minute. When, when we put all this together, what we find is Jesus is most concerned with what is happening inside our house. But it starts in the courts of our life. When our courts are in order. The house is in order. The house being the spiritual part of our life, the mental part of our life, the courts being what's going on in our life. And I believe people in here today, even in, let's get outside of the church in our own personal homes. Mm -hmm. There's some things that aren't whole. There's some things that aren't healed 
but there also might be some things that are out of order in our own lives, in our own homes, in our own courts, so to speak. So if we want to flourish, then Jesus might have to flip some tables in our lives. See, the reason why Jesus, here's the deal, Jesus didn't flip other people's tables. We see a thing on social media going around, it's going around a a, a year or two now, and it's, it's you know, you're sitting at tables, you need to start flipping. How can I flip somebody else's table? Mm. Jesus flipped tables in his house. That's right. He flipped his tables. Yeah. He could flip the tables that were in his house. That's right. And bring order. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to flip tables in you. That's right. It might be your job. Yeah. To flip some tables in your own life. Yeah. It might be your job to get some things in order in your house. Yeah. yeah think, 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 think on that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Think of the areas in your life that are out of order. That you need to flip. Yeah. I, if I flip them, you're just going to be mad. That's right. Maybe you need to get mad at them. Mm. And get rid of them. Very good. Very good. So he just talked about that word again, house. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so now when I go, this is a New Testament word. When I look at this text for the word house, now we're in Greek. And the word for that means oikos, O-I-K-O-S. And that's not the Greek yogurt, in case you're wondering. But the Greek definition means this, an inhabited home the tabernacle, any dwelling place, and it even references to when uh, demonic spirits inhabit a vessel. And so our spiritual house. And so you and me, we are dwelling places. Everybody say that. Say, I am a dwelling place. I am a dwelling place. And so whatever we give permission to inhabit, our dwelling place will do so. We give it permission, right? And that's the things of God or the the opposite, right? And so he wants his house, me and you, to be a house of prayer. And I don't believe this is a legalistic thing. As you can see in this text, there were a lot of legalistic people standing around who were very offended at Jesus. But see, prayer is nothing more than fellowship, than communion than a heart that is yielded to him. You see, prayer is when Jesus gets into my business and when I get into Jesus's business. And I believe that he desires that his body, his bride, he wants to get into our business and he wants us to get into his business. He wants to talk to you when you're in your room when you're in your car, when you're taking a shower, when you're getting ready and rushing out the door. My kids will ask me, Mom, what are you doing? I'm praying. I'm praying in tongues. I'm telling you, I don't know about y'all, but when everybody was wearing masks, I was at Walmart just praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what it took to get me through that place, okay? I don't know about y'all, but you know. But I loved it, because I would be in my, I'd be just under my mask and nobody knew. I just was talking to God. And so it's easy. It's simple. And, you know, I find it interesting that Jesus not only flipped tables, but it said that he flipped benches. 
he did not want there to be any resting place any resting place for the things that would bring destruction to your life and to my life you see Jesus wasn't against I don't believe he was against enterprise and what they were doing but they were doing it in such a perverted way and they had become no so nonchalant about it and you see Jesus he was on his way he knew that the cross was coming to him he knew that his time was drawing nearer and nearer and so when we see him flipping those tables and when we see him flipping those benches there was a zeal on the inside of him that he could see that these people are so blind to what he was getting ready to go do they were so blind to what their privilege were they were living beneath their privilege and so while they had set up their their carvings their tables and their wood and they're made out of trees Jesus was on his way to another tree to do the father's business and so I believe that some of us are allowing things that are robbing us he said you have made my house a den of robbers mm -hmm. And I believe that there's people in here today, me included, the Lord has had to deal with me about many things, that we have allowed things to be at our table or we're setting up tables that are robbing us of the very thing that God has for us. Yeah, things like pride, things like fear, perversion, addiction, bitterness, unforgiveness, self-centeredness those things are the things that sit at our table that rob us of an ability to get healed completely the reality is, is there were people standing there that day outside in those courts that needed to find Jesus they needed to find healing and in that time they thought they had to buy something to get it hmm. it was a thing that they were after if I can only get this self-help, if I can only get this fixed, if I can only get this, just fill in the blank. But the reality is Jesus came in that day and threw that out the window yeah. and said, I'm here. And with me is the healing and wholeness you need. Yeah, that's right. Today we're going to have a couple calls. Uh, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to stand with me today because I think reflecting in our hearts is important this morning. There might be people in this room today that you have never received Jesus. You've never accepted him. See, this gift of life he gives us is free. Nothing you can do will earn it except receive it. It's just a reception. And there's people in this room today that have never done that. Or maybe you have a long, long time ago, but you've gotten so far from him, it's not, even, it's not even something you remember or recognize anymore. And the reality is, is Jesus is in this room today, and he's here because of you. He's here because he wants a relationship with you. One that will bring wholeness and healing and health and restoration and eternal life. That Jesus is here today. The yeah. Jesus that overturned tables in your life to get you to this place yeah. is here. And if that's you today, if you have never received Jesus, if, if it's something that you've never, you've never asked him to be a part of your life, or it's simply that it's been a long time and you feel so far from him that you don't even consider him your savior, I just want you to raise your hand around this room. If you're online today, 
I want you to, uh, to let one of our prayer partners know. I'm just going to give you another moment just to do that if you've not received Jesus. Okay. Amen. If you're online today and you did, uh, please let us know. One of our team will pray with you. The second call today is there's some people in this room and you're, you've got a relationship with Jesus. But there's some things in your own life that you need to flip a table on. You can recognize it. I don't have to name everything. You can recognize it. The Holy Spirit will show you. But there's some places in your life that you need to get rid of. Some things in your life you need to get rid of so that you can find wholeness in Him. There's some people in here today that you've experienced wounds and hurt from the people of God. I I don't really like the word church hurt uh, for (laughs) probably philosophical reasons because I believe... I mean, I can get hurt at work. I can get hurt in my family. I, I can get hurt anywhere. But the reality is, is that, that you've experienced hurt inside of church. <laughs> I'm one of those. And it doesn't matter if you have completely rejected church and you have ran away from him and you just wandered back in here today. Or if you're serving every week. I sometimes find that the people that stay connected and serving can hide the wounds better than anybody else. That's so true. That's it. You know, if you were to come to me today and you were to take something and just rip a chunk of flesh out of my arm, wound me, hurt me, and I got mad at you, frustrated at you, grabbed my arm and ran away, but I never brought healing to that arm. I didn't go home and clean it. I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't put medicine on it. I didn't put gauze on it. I didn't nurture that thing back to health. I just kept hiding it. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Can I help you? No, 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 no. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. This hurts. And I want to keep it. I could put a shirt over it. I can hide that wound. But the reality is, is that hurts every day. And it's eventually going to kill me. Infection is going to get in so deep. It's so full of mucus and pus and nastiness that eventually it will take my, not only arm, but my life. And so many of us do that. But today I believe the Holy Spirit is here and he's identifying places in your life. And this is what Dr. Jesus is going to do. You got in the hospital today and Jesus is here. Yeah. And he wants to dig out of that wound the infection the nastiness, the ugliness, it'll hurt to face those things. But then he's going to start it putting in the medicine. He's going to cover the wound. He's going to dress the wound. And healing's going to begin to come to your life. I can't stay in my injury. You know what? If that person put a gash in me and they walked away, I could be mad at them all I want to be. But that don't make my wound better. What they did, they have to deal with. God will handle that. He will help them. Because he loves them too. But I got to handle this wound that's now on me. Because I don't want to walk around with it, guys. I don't want to get killed from it. I don't want to die from it. You might not get an apology. You might not get an I was wrong. That doesn't matter, does it? Because I need to find healing. So, Father, we just thank you today that you are God who heals. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come forward. 
And God, I thank you that there's people in, I, I, I ask you for people in this room today that are experienced hurt, that experience wounds, that experience places of injury and harm, that you would start gently as you can revealing that to them. God, I just thank you that that people are in this room today that can be, that are to be healed and that you're here to bring healing to them. Reveal to us the places in our lives that wounds are living. Allow us to be vulnerable enough to admit it so we can find healing from it. You know, I just have the thought of, of, of once that healing comes, I'd probably have a scar here for the rest of my life once that wound heals. If I could pull back my spiritual shirt today and show you, I'd show you scars all over me. And so many other people could. And that scar can tell you a story of how healing's possible. My scar no longer hurts, but I'll never forget it. And then I can speak to you and show you, hey, I got one of those too. So I'm going to invite you as Ashley and the worship team sing today. If, you're, if you experience wounds, hurt, if you are at a place that you need prayer, we've got a team all across the front that they share the scars as well. But Jesus is here to heal you today. And so I just invite you to come up to the front and receive prayer today, if that's you.
I believe that there's another group of people that, that we wanted to speak to today, that God is speaking to today. And this last group is, is those of us know that there's some nonsense going on at our tables. You know, the people of that time, I don't think anybody necessarily had horrible intentions. They had just become so comfortable and so accustomed to their dysfunction. They, did, they didn't even realize what they were doing. They didn't even realize what they were doing. And that's why Jesus had to come in and turn some things over. I believe Jesus had to go in and, and wake them up. And I think that can happen to us. And we need Jesus to come in and reset the house. And so I'm just gonna ask us, if there's anybody in this room and you say, there's some things going on at my table that I've become accustomed to and I need those things turned over, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. There's hands going up everywhere. There's hands going up everywhere. Listen, Jesus had to deal with me about some things at my table. Jesus had to come up into my space and flip some of my tables because of my own attitude issues. I'll just put myself out there. Okay? And I believe Jesus wants to come in not to embarrass you, not to cause havoc or destruction, but I believe Jesus loves you so much. He wants some things overturned. So I'm just gonna ask the band to just keep playing. And, and you don't have to come to the front, you're welcome to, but I just believe we're just supposed to take a moment to flip some tables, to ask Jesus to flip some tables in our lives. You know what those things are. I know what those things are. And so I wanna encourage you, walk around, walk these aisles, kneel at your seats. This altar is open. And I think some tables need to be flipped today. And I think some tables need to be flipped today. And so Holy Spirit, don't let us have blinders on and deny what it is that you want to address in our lives today. Father, we're willing to be honest. We're willing to be honest. We're willing to address the dysfunction and to allow you to address the dysfunction that's been wreaking havoc in our life. Jesus, we don't want to live beneath our privileges as children of God. Thank you for joining us online today. We love and appreciate our online family so much. We know that you could have chosen from thousands of churches today, but you chose to be with us here at the gate. So thank you. My name is Holly, and on behalf of Pastor Kathy, our lead pastor, we want to say that we love you and that we appreciate you. We had a great morning here in the building at the gate, and I know that it was great for you online. Pastor Cole and Pastor Eva brought a great and timely word. And if that word really spoke to you and maybe it convicted you a little, like maybe there is some stuff that I have at my table and maybe I didn't realize it. Maybe it was um, something that I called normal. Maybe it was a system or a structure that I built, built inside my heart that um, 
just became part of my life. I want to encourage you today to make sure you participate in the prayers that they've spoken. Send us a DM, put it online. Our prayer partners want to pray with you because God wants to get in the middle of that and he wants to flip those tables upside down and all around and say, you know what, my love for you is greater than anything that is happening to you or around you or within you. And he wants to come be in the middle of maybe your mess or maybe your perfect life that you have. Jesus still wants to be in the middle of it. So again, we thank you for joining us this morning. And there is something that's a foundation here at the Gate Church. Our founding pastor, Bishop Tony Miller, started this years and years ago, and we want to carry it on because we believe it's part of who we are. So I'm going to pray this over you today and bless you as you go throughout your week and know that you can join us next Sunday right here at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I speak peace to you this week, and I speak strength and grace as you navigate this week. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it. See you soon.